0: Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that offers holistic support to people navigating herpes stigma. We take the lived experiences of people living with herpes and we apply the lessons from their life experiences into sex education and STD prevention resources. Wow, that was so clean, y'all. It's not worded exactly like that on the website, but that's basically it. Um, we're taking it old school today. There was no promotion for this podcast. I met someone. We we had a conversation and they were willing to join me for a podcast episode the next day. This is how it used to be uh, when I was recording in the closet in the car um, and now at my desk with two screens. Um, my laptop where I edited podcasts has died. I had that podcast, that laptop since 2016. And now it's no, 2017. And now it's done, y'all. I, I can't edit podcast episodes anymore. So let's hope that my guest doesn't give me anything to edit out because then we're screwed. <laughs> but um, yeah, just throwback episode first name only me and you having a conversation you're not there to have your face out yet which is perfectly fine um before we get started i have a couple of announcements the something positive for positive people survey has closed we are no longer accepting responses the tab has been removed from the website So if you catch an old episode or graphic or anything like that, and you want to take the survey, the survey is down. When there is another survey, it'll be the same exact link. And when we're collecting responses, you can go about filling in the survey that way. Uh, But if you want to see what the results were soon, please, please, please attend the virtual conference. It is May 23rd, 2024. This is a Thursday from 10 a.m to 4 p.m. Central Time, all right? This is something that you'll be able to listen in on, you'll be able to sit in on uh, and watch the entirety of it. I have Dr. Evelyn Molina-Dacker, who is a family physician, who is going to be presenting on stigma in healthcare. We have Nikita Fernandez, who is a sex therapist of color, And She's kinky, queer, uh, non-monogamous, and she speaks about that. We're going to actually have a podcast recording next week. Visit the events tab on the website in order to RSVP so that you can attend and ask questions, but she's going to be speaking about the intersection of sexual health and mental health. I myself will be tying things in together and presenting our intervention program to healthcare professionals so that we can work with them moving forward and minimize stigma in the healthcare setting. And then the um, keynote is gonna be the principal investigator of the survey. Her name is Megan. And Megan is going to perform a data analysis and share with us the information. We are going to be giving away uh, graphics and info, Infographics, I guess we call them, that share about disclosure, some of the statistics from the survey, something that can be shared with healthcare providers, as well as uh, something for people who might not have herpes but perhaps have been disclosed to. We're looking for a sponsor for that. If there's anybody who's interested in having their logo and information attached to said survey results um that's going to be something that's going to circulate tremendously so if y'all want that hit me up so we can get your logo on there and uh you can also support the something positive for positive people community um special announcement uh i got into yoga therapy school yay um i i got approved and accepted we're waiting to hear back about scholarships and then um over the summer, I'm going to be spending time in St. Louis, home with family, um, because I'm, if I'm entering yoga therapy school, I'm going to be putting a lot of time into that rather than uh, working. So I am exclusively running something positive for positive people as of the summer of this year. Um, and some of the things that I'm doing, if you've been paying attention to the events tab and the newsletter, which please, y'all, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, please Give me your email address and tell me you want to be on the newsletter. I make very condensed, concise information about updates for something positive for positive people. This includes events. I am working my butt off to get more in-person events on a regular basis. We have something coming up June 5th in New York City, uh, where I'll, there will be a panel discussion in regards to healthcare and stigma in healthcare, specifically related to herpes. I anticipate people coming out and showing up for that. New York always has shown up for me. The East Coast in general has always shown up for these in-person things, generally and uh i'm working on doing something i'm actually headed out there uh this saturday so today is february 6th i'm recording this will release on thursday so it'll be the 8th yes um and i'll be out there on february 10th and i'll be staying out there through early march Um, Working on networking, connecting with people locally in the community and sort of building the base for me to be able to move out there this fall and um, have like a a stable community. Um, I've moved before. I moved for a girl. I didn't move for a job. I moved for something positive for positive people. I moved again for something positive for positive people. And then I moved to make money. And now it feels like this is a move that's for me and my pursuit of community and relationship and these healthy things that are for once for Courtney and I'm being guided in the right direction because of like very Positive and supportive things are happening for me in the process. Um, Monday nights yoga class. It's not. It's a support group, but it's yoga. If you want to talk, like schedule a one-on-one call. But we're not doing the thing where people show up to a support group because they have a thing to say. They come, they dump their things, they ask people questions. There's emotional labor done, and then we never see those people again. So you have to become a member in order to have access to the weekly yoga restorative yoga meditation yin style that is supported to people navigating their herpes diagnosis and stigma all right so those are all the announcements if i missed anything i'll probably mention it in the next episode or you'll just see it in the newsletter which goes out monthly it is only a monthly newsletter y'all y'all can do one email a month y'all please give me that give me that all right um as always we're taking donations we're uh members are coming and going. I mean, that's just the nature of herpes stigma work, I guess. Um, we have people who come become members and then they go and aren't members anymore but as long as people are coming and getting what it is that they need and can go on about their business like that's fine so um without further ado i'll go ahead and get into this episode i was hoping to keep that under four minutes but here we are at seven i am going to let my guest go ahead and introduce herself and then we'll get the podcast going so it's on you ah no pressure um hi uh
1: yeah so i'm casey um I'm a little over a year into my herpes diagnosis um, and even saying that word is like still kind of weird to me like I really kind of used other language to distance myself from my diagnosis for the good part of the past year and few months that I have had this um, but this is all part of my healing journey so I guess we'll figure it out together yeah
0: I'm
1: um, happy to be here
0: awesome and, uh, I told you the first question I asked you is going to be just how did you find me? What made you reach out?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was looking for something, uh, specific to the Portland area. Um, I moved to Portland, um, from the East coast actually, uh, in April of 2022. And, uh, so I'm relatively new to the area and, um, a couple of months into being here was when I actually got, uh, diagnosed. So I spent the better part of 2023 just really, um, suffering in silence, so to speak. Um, and then the past month I just was like, I need to try this again because last year I was really involved with some doctors and naturopaths that unfortunately didn't really do great things for me. So I had to kind of take a break from that. Um, and once I was kind of ready to, uh, start looking for something again, I decided to look as local as I could. And thankfully I found you. Um, because so many of the things that you stand for and what the organization stands for are things that I really resonate with and communities that I have been a part of. So, um, it kind of just felt like a really good chance to take the leap. Um, I definitely did a lot of research before deciding to give you my information because, um, you know, I'm so new to this that I can't even imagine what bad things happen to people whose data gets in the wrong hands. Um, I'm in tech, so I do know that. Um, but yeah, so I just, uh, was really happy to, uh, Find you And being a former yoga teacher myself, um, I just kind of seemed like everything aligned. No pun intended.
0: <laughs> oh Yay, <my> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah. You said you saw a naturopath. What did that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So um, I have been chronically ill slash dealing with mental health since I was very young. I've been in therapy and mental health care since I was a child, even before adolescence. So I'm no stranger to um, that process. Um, and before moving to Portland, I was really, really depressed. I had some things going on in my personal life. I'm from Philadelphia, so it was just a lot of emotional baggage and I was ready for a change. Um, and so I start setting myself up, like, especially like to lose a lot of weight since I gained during the pandemic and getting my master's degree and all this stuff, being in the working world, working from home. So I've been, uh, so I found a, I was looking for a naturopath to help me deal with a couple of things. And then now that you throw herpes into the mix, that's just another thing that I have to deal with. Um, So I found a naturopath, um, was able to see her pretty quickly. um, And at first I was just astounded by the kind of care that I was getting. Um, She was very involved. Uh, She like, our first meeting I think was like an hour and a half. Um, So she really seemed to invest time in me. Um, you know, she started me on valacyclovir and started me on a couple of other, other medications to kind of deal with things. And then, um, she decided to put me on a weight loss program and these weight loss things that she tried with me, it was kind of like, I was kind of her patient zero. Um, she was giving me injections. She was trying new mental health medications. She took me away from my psychiatrist, um, And it got to the point where like, I was having, uh, like I have general HSV one. So I was under the impression based on some things that it wouldn't happen to be quote unquote as frequently. Turns out that is not the case. I have been having significant frequent outbreaks um, since my diagnosis. Um, And just seeing this naturopath getting weighed every week, trying different medications on and off, getting injected and having her actually give me wrong doses um, it actually led me to firing her because I was so stressed out and I had invested so much personal out of pocket money in this and nothing better. So, um, I kind of took a step away from that and, uh, you know, found just found a couple months of trying to just reset doing what I know how to do and then kind of coming back to looking for, um, longer term, uh, herpes care. So,
0: yeah. right <laughs> So she injected you with it. So, uh, how old was this naturopath? Like, how long was she
1: practicing? Um, I think like five years. Oh. Um, she's licensed. She has a business name. Um, after uh, after I quote unquote fired her, so to speak, I actually did find some a scary review that someone had left. But most of her online presence is actually pretty censored. Um, I also found her Facebook page where she was posting like science articles that are from very uncredited sources so um I quite literally felt like she was playing with my life so on top of having like a new herpes diagnosis which was basically one of my biggest fears for my entire life before I got it um that I'm also dealing with a mental health crisis and not being able to go to work I have to work from home and deal with physical symptoms of all of my disorders and stuff so um I don't really feel like I got anywhere with it and it just kind of left me feeling really, um, sad because I, you know, I'm coming to doctors for help and trusting them with vital information and personal confidential information. And it just didn't feel like she was qualified to actually put me in the right direction of where I needed to go for not just herpes, but other, um, things that I have that probably should have been in this care of a specialist rather than a general naturopath.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, Mm all right. So you go through this and you have very not pleasant experiences. Are you still having the high frequency of outbreaks?
1: Yeah. So last year was pretty stressful on top of all of this. Um, I have a pretty, I have a pretty high responsibility role at work. Um, and so I had some really big projects, that I was working on pretty much alone. I was also I also moved a couple of times due to bad living situations. Um, and also something I should mention, this is related to my story, but I am living with the partner who gave me herpes. Um, we I contracted it two months into our relationship. So there has been a lot of just kind of getting used to different um, facets of both my personal life. Living across the country, having work responsibilities, dealing with my physical and mental health, but also um, coming to terms with forgiveness and understanding with a partner who can't really relate to what I'm going to, going through. So um, there's just a lot that's kind of mixed in with that.
0: Are y'all in the relationship?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Woo. Yeah. All right, talk to me about this. How did you end up in a relationship? So You get diagnosed with herpes. I guess yeah, tell me tell me the story.
1: Yeah, this is so this is the story. So, um and forgive me, um I don't I will try to make this as neutral as possible, not gross or anything, but I think that Just there's also Just don't say
0: names. No names and we we'll
1: Absolutely. There. Of course not. And uh my partner's also completely fine with me doing this. I ran this by him and he is he sense. It's my story to tell. So, um so essentially, um we started dating, um, and essentially moved in together very quickly. Like we, we kind of, you hauled it as we call it. And, um, during this time he was going through a pretty significant life event, pretty stressful in his life. Um, so he, uh, started, he got an oral, uh, HSV outbreak, HSV one. He's had it since he was a child at, you know, so very used to it at this point. Um, and because he was in a really stressful time, he's obviously having an outbreak, but he only gets maybe like one every three years and it's pretty mild. It goes away pretty quickly, not even on dial or anything. So, um, this is actually the second partner that I've been with that had oral HSV one. Um, so I, kn- I knew what precautions to take. Um, but it's interesting because neither partner disclosed to me until they had an outbreak. And I was cool with it because to my mind, I just thought genital herpes and oral herpes were two different things. So I was like, this isn't a problem. We'll be fine. I've dated someone with this before. No big deal. Um. So basically we didn't kiss for a couple of days. We didn't, we weren't intimate. All was fine. The outbreak the sore goes away visibly and we decide it's okay to be intimate again. Um, His mouth didn't even touch me when I contracted herpes. Um, He licked his finger and then touched me. And then I received, I started getting out an outbreak, my primary outbreak two days later. Um, And this is two months into us dating slash living together. Um, So the, the thing is for me is that, I knew in that moment, I've always been very, I've been, you know, cause I'm so aware of my health and always have been, I'm very like, I'm very educated. So I like to think on a lot of things. So in the moment when I saw him lick his finger, I had a moment where I was like, we should pause. We should just pause, take a step, wash our hands and walk away and maybe retry again. Cause the sore wasn't there, but there was just a feeling I had in that moment. And uh, to this day, I still have flashbacks of that moment. Like I still when I'm having relations with my partner, I still sometimes, especially if I like I'm getting used to new meds or like I haven't been in a really good headspace, like uh, my mind just goes there to that moment. And I take responsibility for that happening because I didn't speak up Mm -hmm. when I wanted to. Um, so, you know, this is just like a pattern in my life, really taking accountability for more people's actions than my own. And we had talks about it, you know, he's very apologetic. He says things like, I'm so sorry I gave this to you. I was careless. Um, I, you know, because he's had it since he was a kid. So it just never really was a thing for him. And for me, it's been such like a hard stop on my life that, um, it's hard to kind of mitigate that and, like, learn acceptance with that um, and still not have blame even though there's, like, still blame there. So it's very complicated.
0: <laughs> right. Um, I imagine navigating the relationship is so tricky because on one hand, it's like <sighs> – you're, you're in a relationship with the person who gave you herpes and mm-hmm. there's some perks you can share meds you can you know have sex during outbreaks if that's what you choose to do uh there, there's all these different you know ways of being in a relationship and it doesn't sound like it's from a place of like violence or abuse or threats of abuse of like Oh, well, I can't leave because nobody else is going to want me or him even saying that nobody else is going to want you. You got to stay here. Right. Right. So uh, it's it's nice to hear that y'all are just together. Like when you presented, I guess, being in a relationship with him, what did that conversation look like for y'all?
1: When we got together or when I got diagnosed.
0: You got got diagnosed and then y'all are now together, right? So what was that conversation for you?
1: Yeah, I remember I remember it very vividly. Um, I started feeling unwell on a Wednesday and got an appointment uh, for a gynecologist on a Friday. Um, Which is funny because I actually saw that gynecologist a week earlier to talk about birth control. So they were kind of like, why are you making another appointment? Um, He drove me to the appointment and we were actually going down to another part of Oregon to uh, help out some family members of his. So he drove me to the appointment and, um, you know, the appointment was pretty straightforward. The doctor was like, yep, I'm going to do a culture swab on you and send it out but this is what it is and as I'm looking up at at the ceiling of the drop ceiling of this gynecologist's office there's like something up there that says like breathe which is really funny it's like the dumbest thing and I'm just like you know going through one of the most traumatic moments of my life and um I get in the car he picks me up it's raining and we're driving down I-5 and I'm just like I just don't even know cause I really try to be careful and I really try not to say things that put blame on someone else or feel attacked. Like I really try to be um, aware of the words I use when I speak to someone, especially when I can a hundred percent be like, this is just a thing that happened and it wasn't malicious and it wasn't all that. Um, but I do remember like we are two months into our relationship and I was like, what if we don't make it like, how am I going to navigate this in the future? And me knowing how I got it, like, it's like, you can't even explain that to someone without going into detail. And at that point, it's like, do you even want to get that, you know, personal about it? So, and I mentioned that, I said, you know, we've been together two months, we don't know what's gonna happen, but this is something that I'm gonna have to be forthright and honest about and deal with. And, um, I was very sad. I just cried a lot. And I don't even think for most of our relationship, he even had the words to express what kind of pain he put on me. Because the fact is that like he sees me every day and he sees me go through these frequent outbreaks and I don't like say things to try to make him feel bad, but it's clear from my mental health and my state of being that like, this has severely impacted my life. So, like, during those times, you know, I just have to kind of censor myself almost in a way. And that's just unfortunate, but, um, you know, I just want to be respectful.
0: Excuse me. Yeah. Um, In this relationship, do you feel, it, it sounds, you know, like y'all both care about each other. Mm-hmm. And that herpes, I guess, may or may not come up. How often do you talk about it with your partner?
1: It's well, the funny thing, too, is that um, (laughs) my cat, uh, 11 year old cat, uh, she was diagnosed with feline herpes when she was three. So we kind of I've kind of started to make some lightness of it like this is a herpes household. Um, we'll go be, we'll be in Fred Meyer shopping and I'll see a vase that has like a bunch of little bumps on it. I'm Like, should we get that for our house? Like, there's kind of a little bit of joking there now. Um, but it really is interesting. Like when we're watching television, especially cause like we've been on this like mid two thousands TV kick. We're watching like all the weird teen soaps, like Degrassi and like secret life and all that weird stuff from like the mid two thousands. And herpes comes up a lot. And, you know, we're usually watching this, just the two of us, but no one in my like, there's only two p- other people other than like my therapist and doctors who know and you who know that I have it. So it it is really interesting when it does come up and now me starting to actually use the word herpes to say it and even sometimes trying to like. You know make light of it in a way where we can both laugh like with the cat thing that just happens that's just too funny like you can't not but we you know he does respect me um in the sense of if we are around people who don't know we just you know we try to um mitigate stigma as much as possible around people who might make that kind of comment but generally Um, we're lucky enough to surround ourselves with people who are pretty respectful and kind and trauma-informed. So I don't really have to worry about that too much, but it really just depends on, like, who's around and what the context is. But, um, you know, like I said, he's been apologetic, um, especially when I'm having an outbreak and he can see and I'm just really trying to bite my tongue and just be nice. And he's just like, you know what, like, you – you should own this part of your story and like you have to learn how to accept it and move forward. So we're lucky enough that we have been able to talk pretty openly about pretty much everything since the beginning of our relationship. And that is why it's been so wonderful and this long, even with such traumatic events happening so early on.
0: Yeah. Um like you said a lot and there was there were a few different things I wanted to touch on. Um one of which is being in the relationship, uh, do you both have the same type of herpes? Uh,
1: so he only has uh, HSV-1 orally, um, and I only have HSV-1 generally. Okay. So that adds another dynamic to it too, because it's like the person who gave it to me can't even understand what I'm going through. Like, For example, I had an outbreak that lasted almost a month because I had a secondary infection um, in my body and I wasn't healing. Um, and you know, it just, life became so painful at that point. Like I couldn't work, I couldn't do anything. Cause I'm just like, my whole body's depleted. And in that moment, I'm thinking like, it's so crazy that the person who is there for me, who sees me suffer and supports me through all of that, does the very best he can, but even he has no idea. Cause it's just a completely different thing. And he's had it since childhood. So like things were just different then. But now he's like he even said to me today, I don't even think about it, like unless, you know, you bring it up. Yep. So it's just two very different experiences. hmm
0: Okay. Um, have you well personal question, feel free to say no. Do you two use barriers? no not no, no all right so and the reason i asked is because on the survey that i just conducted for something positive for positive people one of the questions is you know how often or have you had a partner who's consented to sex without barriers with you and 88 percent of people say yeah so people who don't have herpes are still out here having sex with people who do have herpes and so you know it's my mm, uh, mission, I guess? I don't know. To just share this new information that people just aren't asking the questions of. And if we don't get these questions, how can we get answers? If we don't get answers, how we get solutions and all we end up with is more and more and more and more and more problems.
1: So yeah, so so that was actually part of the interesting thing too, going back to like what was it like when I first got diagnosed and we had that like what was that conversation like? Um I uh you know I've I've, I've experienced, uh, you know, experimented with non-monogamy in my past, and I've always been generally pretty safe, um, you know, informed consent with my partners, enthusiastic consent, all of that. Um, but I do remember, like, I mean, we, we've been monogamous since the beginning, uh, but I do remember, like, when we were having that conversation, I did say, I'm like, are we going to have to use condoms now? Like, what is like, is that going to, cause it just irritates. Like what is our sex life going to look like now that this is part of our relationship, not just me having it, but also the fact that you transmitted it to me, like how, how do we like navigate that? And to him, it was like, if I get a bump, I get a bump, but you know, that's just me. Um, Come to find out it's really hard for him to you know he probably can't get it on his genitals now it's been so long and you know the whole thing I mean who knows for sure but um during during my outbreaks um I just don't even feel like a person so we're not we're we're really just uh playing it safe on that route but yeah he's been pretty open to that um And maybe it's because I've been able to educate him on what I've found through my research on transmission, especially with people who already have it in a location. Um, So that's kind of how that ended up.
0: Okay, okay, that's good. Um, Are there any parts of your story that you want to share more than others or anything that because I see you look down. I don't know if you're taking notes or not.
1: I do I might have a note with talking points just because this is my first podcast
0: (laughs) welcome I'm glad to have you thank you how's the experience so far for you how is it
1: um it's better than I expected I I don't I I just I just it's more of a me thing like I tend to rant sometimes but I always try to bring it back like I try to rein it in you know where it's important
0: that's me Um, I'll I'll ramble for a while yeah
1: yeah (laughs) Also, I mean, I I had um, my bachelor's degrees in journalism, so I've been on on the record, so to speak, with people before. But um, no, there's nothing really other than that. I will say it's something that um, I do want to kind of plug is that um, shout out to Planned Parenthood. Um, When I was having that month long outbreak, that was just not going away three times a day. daltrex and lysine. The whole gamut, not eating spinach, like, not eating chocolate, whatever they say on the internet, I tried it, like, and I went to Planned Parenthood because I was, like, I, at that point, I was, like, I give it a week, and if it doesn't go away, and, like, I'm gonna have this for the rest, it's just never gonna go away, and the woman at Planned Parenthood, um, the woman, the doctor, Uh, She called me a medical marvel because she had never heard of this before, especially like with my resistance to antivirals and how that just has not really reduced my frequency of outbreaks. Um, But she, I went there because I've gone to Planned Parenthood for most of my life. They are so inclusive, so safe. Um, I've been a donor for many years and I just want to shout them out as like, that is the place where now I have no, I, I just, I've gone there for my primary healthcare in the past, but really like in that moment when I was feeling so low and so terrified of not knowing how long it was going to be until this would end, um, they really gave me comfort and were super helpful and kind. And um, I just recommend that uh, the, I just say that they're there as a resource and that, you know, as long as we have them around, I, I, use them because they are there for us
0: okay well thank you for that um let's see i now hearing your story and knowing that um how has the relationship changed between not having herpes and then having herpes like what are some of the more significant changes in the relationship
1: i think it's just um there was a there was a point where i was having an outbreak and it was like the first outbreak that i had where it didn't like tear my world apart um and i remember just sitting in my old apartment with my partner and just kind of like crying a little bit you know but nothing like too crazy i just and um i was like so what is this supposed to teach me like i've had mental health struggles they taught me how to be empathetic i've had chronic pain issues and various surgeries that's taught me how to be inclusive what is herpes supposed to teach me? Like, what is the, I don't believe in a higher power, so to speak, but like, what is the universal lesson that I'm supposed to gain from this experience? Like he said, acceptance, learn acceptance. And at that moment I was kind of like, Oh, that puts a lot of things into perspective for me. Not even just herpes, but like my whole identity, um, things that I'm insecure about in my life, my personality or my chronic illnesses or um, my performance, you know, whatever it is, it's just like acceptance and learning how to like, just be kind to myself. Um, My therapist has been doing a really good job of kind of like guiding me towards like the healing, the inner child work, so to speak but really it's like a lot of like changing self-talk and thankfully I'm really surrounded by the community that I have in Portland, which is a reason I moved out here that just really understands the power of like positive affirmations and like, um, you know, affirming language and just being kind to one another, but also like taking that towards ourselves. So I guess that's like the biggest thing that I've gained. I wouldn't say I'm like, getting a gold star i'm not getting an a plus in self-love just yet but um it's something that i actively work towards all throughout the day every single day i'm very very conscious of
0: that okay um our episode right before this was about uh, a christian woman who got her she got diagnosed with herpes so it's funny you're like i don't believe in a higher power and i just did this whole episode with someone who does <laughs> but um the interesting takeaway from her conversation was that she didn't like run away from her faith so to speak like i think a lot of people i talk to they think god's punishing them and they think that they need to just avoid everything but in her case like it wasn't a punishment this was like oh dang you know i let down god and metaphorically that being whatever your faith is what you believe in or yourself so even though she might use the term god as you listen even here like apply this to your belief system, apply it to your, uh, your religious or spiritual preferences and know that when you come through any situation that you are going to be okay. Right. And that there's always going to be something that you can learn from or take from the situation.
1: Yeah. It's funny because, um, you know, my partner kind of tells me, okay, cause I'm Queer. I'm non-binary. I'm Jewish. I am woman presenting. Wait, um,
0: wait. I don't know that I knew that you were non-binary. So probably not. In no. the event but, that I said, I don't, I don't think I've called you anything. I any
1: use they and least. she pronouns. It's totally okay.
0: Fine. All right,
1: all right. Yeah. yeah, no worries, bud. Um, but like I, I, you know, I do. It's through this relationship, and I have herpes. So through all of these, like communities and these micro uh, communities and the intersectionality between them um I've learned like like it's funny because my partner will be like you know you are truly God's chosen people like God does give his strongest battles to his strongest soldiers or something like that and like we kind of joke about it but there is a lot of truth in the fact of like I I And I also like listen to your the podcast about herpes as a life sentence. And that really spoke to me, too. It's like I can't get rid of this. I can't change a lot of things about me. But.
0: Oh, wait, is that how that came across? So I I was trying to be the way that the person said it. Right. Hmm. Herpes isn't a death sentence. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to die. It's a life sentence, meaning that you're going to live. Dot 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 with herpes. <laughs> Did that come across? Right. All right. Yeah,
1: yeah, All right. Yeah, from the well, no, 100%. I'm saying it spoke to me in that exact same way. So okay. You totally
0: great. Concerned. Great.
1: Um, so, yeah, again, again, it's just like the acceptance thing and, um, you know, trying to take something positive uh, from uh, from the experience just so, like, I can deal with it. And that's just on me, like, learning how to deal with my thing. Um, but that's kind of where the acceptance kind of comes from and just kind of like, like understanding that like my experience is valid and I'm valuable and I'm important to the people in my life. And this doesn't change that. This is just kind of like another like scar on my body. I'm covered in tattoos and it's just another one of those things that is part of my story that tells like a fuller picture of like who I am.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. I love that. Um, And it speaks to like listening to these podcast episodes. It it always amazes me that people get something out of it. Uh, I tell people there's no two stories that are the exact same. You know, they might express themselves differently and it may take hearing. Uh, something a particular way Before it really does resonate with you So you heard herpes is a life sentence And that challenged what you thought about it And you know you've got tattoos And you're like well herpes is just another scar Like that's what tattoos are Tattoos are scars right okay. And they're just painted right So we ain't we painting our herpes y'all Please don't get an outbreak and, and paint it Like no don't do that You can take a picture and then like crop it And photoshop it but I do not suggest That you paint your genitals alright So
1: <laughs>
0: not um, FDA approved yet. No, not yet. Right. <laughs> a lot of stuff is FDA approved that shouldn't be, but we ain't gonna have that conversation. We're
1: not gonna talk about that. let's <laughs> well, that's a discussion for a whole other time.
0: Yeah. Well, um you mentioned a couple of identifiers about yourself. So who who else is Casey aside from their diagnosis?
1: Um, yeah.
0: Uh Oh, you don't know who you are aside from those things, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I you know it's funny because like when I think about it, like the first thing that came to mind was jumping is something like I don't even want to say a negative attribute about myself, but something that pains me, you know. Um, like I, I am really, really like a chronic worrier. I have real bad anxiety. Um, you know, as Megan the Stallion said, bad bitches have bad days too, and I identify. Um, but, like, I think what that's done is, like, really allowed me to create, like, as many safe spaces as I can uh, for all people. And I really, like, take extra care in, like, who I allow in my circle because, like, at this point, it's, like, I've got so many things that people can yell at me for. It's, like, I, there are people who have even crazier things going on. So, like, I just want to be, like, an all-inclusive safe space but also, like, really represent my interests. Um, I'm currently in the process of certifying my backyard to be a backyard habitat. Um, I'm very, um, I'm very much an environmental stewardship person. Um, did my grad school thesis on community gardens, which is why I moved to Portland.
0: I was going to say um, Portland is where you need to be.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also a pool shark. I love shooting pool. Um, I, uh, you in Portland?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah we should we should play pool i like playing pool too like if you're down Seriously? for that, like let's get together we can play pool bring your partner and i mean
1: i have a custom cue. i am listen always-
0: so <laughs> march 9th uh i have a live podcast recording you're gonna be there i think you got a ticket virtually did you get the virtual get, ticket? yeah you don't want to come in person
1: no i oh did i do oh no it should be in person I'm okay just be cool person. cool all right yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah, there were two ticket options. I am there. All
0: right, great. So I've got two ticket options. One is for in-person, one is for virtual, and I think that might have been it. But I'm, I'm learning how to, like, play around with the functionality so that it's easier to navigate. But, yeah, if y'all come and the next thing that we can do after, we can go to this dive bar that's not too far from me. And then we can go and play some pool if the pool table's open. But, yeah, I, I love I love playing pool and, like, just doing little stuff and hanging out and kicking it and having community. And
1: yeah. Again, that's why. Yeah, I, no, I would love to. I'm always looking for pool partners. Like, I'm trying to do some doubles tournaments. Let's
0: go. Oh, no, no, I ain't that good. I ain't that good. Oh,
1: okay, okay. I miss, I
0: miss shots. So I'll make shots that, like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, that's right. a good shot. But then the ones that I should definitely make, like, where – uh the balls on the other side of the pool table, I'll miss those easy ones. Like if it's straight, because I I mix up in my brain how to like, where on the cue ball to hit, What? Yeah. I do that all the time. Like, I got the pressure down. It's just what's the spin
1: if I spin yeah, it this You way, put the right amount of sauce on it, but yeah. it's not the spin. Yeah. I,
0: I put the wrong yeah. sauce on it. I put the wrench on there when it should be, like, a towel <laughs> or something. But No, I
1: uh, it's okay. I lose all my pool games. I'm a pool shark. I, I'll make it to the eight ball, and then I'll scratch on the eight ball. So, <laughs> eight ball. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I just I love being around a campfire. You know, I'm working on, like, putting the – putting my backyard habitat together so I can, like, have a bonfire out there. Um, I just purchased my first home with my partner back in September, um, which was always a goal of mine to move out to the Pacific Northwest and own land and be able to turn it into something um, productive for the environment because, you know, this isn't really my land anyway, so I want to do my best to kind of restore it. And then in my, uh, you know, the thing I get paid to do is to design websites. Um, I have a master's degree in user experience design. Um, Like I said, I designed an app for community gardens for my thesis. And I currently work for an environmental software company that does GIS mapping. So I am the lead designer and I design all their websites, hence all the stress last year. Um, And I, uh, yeah, I just, I kind of just try to survive and I like to bake bread sometimes. That's what I do. That's that's who Casey is.
0: <laughs> Where were you when I needed somebody to help me with my website? Uh,
1: if I had here? a if I had a nickel, well, if I had a, uh, listen, I, listen I, I'm listen, I'm i always down to talk tech and user experience. I'm all about um, accessibility, inclusivity, um, making things look really nice and pretty, ooh. and.
0: I have an idea. I have an idea. So you mentioned app development. I've been people have reached out to me, but I I just don't believe them. I don't think they're serious, and I don't trust them or know them. Uh, What would you do with an app for something positive for positive people, based on what you know?
1: I think that something that could be really interesting. Like I mean, I when I think about like solving a problem, which is really what design is about. It's about identifying a problem. And using, you know, either social sciences or, like, the scientific method or what have you to really move the needle and be able to scale that. When I think about my personal problem with uh, having herpes, so to speak, it's that I cannot find a way to connect with people without, like, automatically disclosing or, uh, you know, Having that, but if there was a way that there could be an app to connect people, where I mean, I'm sure there already are. I haven't been in the dating world since, you know, I got herpes. So maybe there's something there. But, you know, having a way to kind of like be able to participate in a community um, and be able to like share lighthearted things, kind of just like a community message board or a messaging system. Um, I signed up for one of your resources to get a buddy. Um, that is also really great. Um, but being able to kind of like own the ability to disclose um, and the ability to, you know, remain private, just kind of like be able to like kind of come out of your cocoon, so to speak, at your own space, but have a space to do that with people you might not find because you, you can't knock on it. You can, but I'm not going to knock on the doors of my neighborhood. Hey, do you have herpes? Can you be my friend? You might have herpes. Do you want to be my friend because of that? Like, You know getting people together for like a similar purpose and being able to um let things organically develop there and then also just like having like data tracking can be a tough subject but um for things like something positive it might be really good to have something where it's like codified and build up you can build and scale upon it and get people involved and there's just so many things you can do with a good user experience to help the the small the small communities that really need it the
0: most. Alright, listen, if y'all like that, let me know. I gotta ask you one more question. When you yeah. got diagnosed with herpes, did that make you stop being non monogamous and settle down with your partner, yes or no? No, I was
1: okay. I was non monogamous when I lived in Philadelphia. Okay. Um I I was experimenting with non monogamy when I moved to Portland, but then through a couple of experiences I realize it's not fair to me and it's not fair to them and I'm going to kind of close myself off from those connections and just work towards finding the relationship or you know surrounding myself romantically with people who are more in line with what I'm looking for romantically so
0: Can we speak a little bit more about that? And then I want to talk to you about the app. Maybe that's like a off-camera or off-recording conversation. I think I'll book. Let's go. No, the app part, the app. Like, I, that might be for later. I don't think anybody wants to hear business conversations. But um, <laughs> I'm having quite a unique experience where I'm in a relationship with someone, and what is happening is I've – compared what being in this relationship is compared to what I thought were other relationships as well and in comparing those like I've not been able to identify or like not label but I've I might call someone a partner but they may not call me a partner if that Mm. makes sense right yeah I've been looking at that and I'm like even with other potential partners that I've had or have um, I've felt like it's been a little bit more difficult to be present with the idea of being with somebody else when i have what feels to me like the relationship that i want and you you just speaking to that made me think about that because i I kind of wanted to talk to somebody about that and it's a little bit of a a weird thing because you're in portland too and a lot of people in portland are non-monogamous right and what i found is like if i'm not having sex with a person when sex comes off the table it's like the relationships like off the Mm. table now and I don't know if that's been a similar experience as you but I'd like for you to speak a little bit more to the uh, relationships uh, the relationship thing
1: yeah so uh even when I I mean in my current relationship we refer to each other as partners um just out of respect for me and my identity and also he says it just is better than boyfriend girlfriend like you know teach their own not our thing um but there was a point in my life like I especially like when um, I was non-monogamous and I was actually having the very similar conversation of like referring to someone as my part as a partner not even my partner because I think the possessive adjective adds a little bit of context to people that not everyone is ready to kind of do Um, but I think like, just, there were so many people who were my partners, like partners and, but that's just a me thing. Like my partner in friendship or my partner romantically, my partner sexually, or a partner that I have sexual conversations with, but we don't have intercourse. Like there are just so many ways to define that, that I think it just comes down to like being straight up with people, like something also I haven't talked about but it was a part of what I was going to say with all this is that I like moving to Portland and putting myself in that situation and being in this relationship, I made a very conscious, direct effort to stop censoring myself, obviously be respectful and be aware and trauma informed of like the space you take up. But I, I'm, if I have a question, I want to ask somebody, I'm going to, I'm just going to ask them. And what I found, and I think this is probably similar for a lot of people who share this diagnosis is like, that's just how I operate. I'm not good at small talk. I'm not good at beating around the bush. So it's like, if someone can't hang with that, our relationship's just going to be a little different. I'm probably going to pull back a little bit just because I don't really know how to be in those superficial conversations all the time um, and not get to know each other on that deeper level. So I think it just comes down to like talking to people like, hey, like, how do you view relationships? Like, what, do, what kind of things feel comfortable or uncomfortable to you? Um, and you might be surprised, because, like, when I explained my definition of a partner to partners before, they were like, we are partners. And I'm like, yeah, it's just it's – we're kind of redefining what that means for us. Like, there's no official rule book for that. So I think it just comes down to, like, being – open and honest and respectful and like coming from the perspective of what do you have to say about that? Like where can we kind of compare and contrast our ideas and then redefine what that means in the context of us together?
0: Yeah. um, There's like a, what, I, so what I'm hearing a little bit is that non-monogamy made you monogamous.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> The long, the sh- long story short is that, um, the reason I'm even out here in the first place is because, um, I was in love with someone and we were monogamous. We broke up that we became non-monogamous. And then he said, I'm going on the Appalachian trail, uh, when your lease expires and you can't come with me. And I said, well, then I'm going to move to Portland. And <laughs> so I do have a little bit of trauma with that. But then when I did come, you know, come into, a uh, Portland and kind of tried it out um I just kind of felt myself wanting something different it like maybe I was a little jaded from that past and that weird ass relationship of not going on the Appalachian Trail which thankfully I didn't do and I'm here now um he never finished the trail so you know all power to him but You know, it it just kind of fell naturally into my lap where, like, I was advocating more for myself and be like, this is what I want. This is how I feel. And when I was, like, really listening to how I felt in my body when I thought certain things, that kind of was the affirmation I needed to give myself. Like, okay, this feels right. Like, kind of like with pronouns or anything. It's like that. Just just keep going with that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank (laughs) you for going there with me. All right.
1: My life is not boring at all. Trust me.
0: No, that's good. Um, I I see that we kind of live in what you've described, kind of validates this, like this um sex avoidant, dating avoidant society in a way because you said it when you said a partner versus my partner, right? A partner has a significantly lower value than my partner does or my insert boyfriend, girlfriend, them friend, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And.
0: When I noticed for myself, when I started to tell people that I was sleeping with that I have a girlfriend, there were very few people who were genuinely excited for me. And other people were like, wait, girlfriend, or wait, I know you have other partners, that's not a big deal. And then when I used girlfriend, they were like... Oh, there was, like, a change in demeanor, so to speak. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, like, an assumed monogamy or if it's, like, something else. There's something there. And, I mean, for me, you know, the people who were excited for and happy for me really show me the the intimacy that I've looked for through sex. And even with sex removed, these people still being happy, happy for me, like, makes me feel... A lot closer to them than sex ever made me feel and so even with you know I've mentioned other people removing sex from the table has kind of shown like oh there's nothing there or there's no there's nothing that keeps um, the potential pathway for intimacy and connection that's there because sex is gone and it's just like that prioritization make it's a little bit dehumanizing and I'll admit like it's kind of made me a little bit sad I'm like damn it's all you saw in me
1: (laughs) yeah I mean like even for my relationship through sex is that like when I'm having an outbreak and I can't be close with my partner and I don't feel close to myself I don't feel close to him it makes me feel really insecure because I want to be there to be with him and I want to let him know how, you know, love him in the way he wants to be loved, Um, but also, I just think that, like, you know, if, when it comes to, like, poly relationships and all that, if you know, you know, and I think you don't, even if you don't know, it just comes from a perspective of being open, like, I'm choosing to share something with you, read the room, and clearly, I have a girlfriend, so that girlfriend's, I'm telling you, and this is the way I'm talking about it, like, that girlfriend is okay with me being here. Like, so it's just about like surrounding yourself with people who um, are genuinely there to um, like develop a relationship with another person and be interested and have that go two ways rather than like, this is how I'm reacting to you telling me something about your life. And I'm taking that a certain way and I'm building up a wall for that. Like, come on. Like, you know, it's, it's just something that I think takes time to get over and kind of get past. And it's probably a work in progress for so many people for the rest of their lives. And just kind of battling that stigma and that those preconceived thoughts in their mind and just kind of learning how to like examine that work through it and then um, make a conscious effort to make, do something different if you didn't like it before. It's kind of how me and my partner talk to each other. Like we come from a lot of relationship trauma, but like we make an active effort to like, really right our wrongs and we don't we sometimes we fall back into trauma responses and that's okay but we talk about that when it happens and we try to be as like present as possible and uh that's just what's made um all of this stuff and all of the hard stuff just be part of it like we, we're, we we think about it and we're just like we're just so happy to be together even though like nothing has been ideal <laughs> since the beginning but like we're just so in love and i think that comes from just like the fact that we're able to be open and honest with each other
0: all right um we're gonna wrap up here is there anything else that you want to leave us with um i want you to stay on after i finish the outro so we can talk about this app because
1: now yeah
0: i'm curious
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I'm, uh, I just, um, I will say, you know, I am anonymous right now. Um, but my story is pretty, you know, like if you know me and you're listening to this, like, you know me and, uh, feel free to reach out if you do. Um, because I'm assuming if you're on this app, you're either an ally or you're part of the community yourself. And in that sense, like, you know, you're here for the right reason, so to speak. So, uh, you know, if you know me, you know me and if not, good
0: luck thank you for saying that so many people think that someone's gonna find them on this podcast and like like it takes a a very specific type of person to find and listen to this podcast so i'm glad you said that
1: for me it was googling herpy support group in portland oh you found me that way Um, all right
0: shout out to Corey, my seo guy all right (laughs) okay i can
1: help you with that we'll talk
0: all right, so that concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast, and donate to the nonprofit. We're we're nonprofit. Like all of this stuff that we do, some people donate for, some people use the services and don't donate some people say they'll donate and then they don't donate um some people give opportunities and those opportunities make up for the not donations that we get or don't get uh we have the yoga cohort that's beginning in march if you have not already please register as soon as possible when you are listening to this episode when you hear this go to spfpp.org/yoga fill out the registration form and then also subscribe to be a monthly member so that you get access to the live schedule for the pot, um for the yoga classes as well as the recordings if you can't make it live this is something that is being offered exclusively to members so please go ahead get up with us this will be roughly two yoga classes a week maybe three some weeks Um, But the times are going to be centered around what people put in the registration form so that we can keep it uh, with an active schedule that if you want to attend live, you can work around in order to be there. Um, visit the events tab for more details about upcoming events. Um, New York, I'll see y'all in the fall. Well, I'll see y'all a few times before then too, but permanently in the fall. So if y'all know somebody subleasing or where I can get away with like some lower cost rent, that would be beautiful especially because this is what I'm doing now. I'm only doing something positive for positive people. I'm not updating my resume. I'm not looking for any more part-time jobs. Like I'm fully invested in this and i'm riding until the wheels fall off so um if that does happen i might need to come stay with one of y'all and then i can get my i can take a different direction but i feel very compelled to stay on this road and y'all are very validating and assuring and affirming that this is the road that i'm supposed to be on till next time